hear your talk. Hello, everybody. My name is Wa. And I'm Chris. And welcome to DocuSweeties. We're longtime friends here to discuss the riveting and sometimes trashy world of reality TV and docuseries. Sure, but through our lens, which is often ridiculous, maybe like funny, maybe ridiculous and absurd, but at the end of the day, hopefully a little bit sweet. And we are so happy to have you joining our podcast, where today we'll be talking about Love in Paradise, Matt Sharp's bastard cousin to like his franchise of 90 day fiance and this is season two wow what yes i mean so the first couple that we are introduced to in this brand new season is danielle and johan we've got danielle who is a 42 year old former history teacher mm-hmm. from new york state and johan a 32 year old personal trainer and fitness instructor for a hotel in the Dominican Republic. Yep. 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 She's a yogi, honey. She is we don't know her ethnicity and we've like gone back and forth. I think she's like Italian, maybe like a Italian heritage. She's real Italian. She's Bianca's wa. And I'm really strong into the fact that I believe that she is a Latina. Okay. Maybe Greek, but yeah, Italian Greek. That's what I feel like in my, in my heart of hearts. I'm getting like a Puerto Rican situation. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. Now she also is into a religion called Ifa. It is a Yoruba religion. Now, why do you have any knowledge? Like, have you ever heard of that religion before this moment? Never in my life. Yeah, either have I. But I feel like it's kind of sweeping a New York yogi scene because there's something about it that speaks to already overreaching themes of the, like, Eastern Arivadarbic yogi world, like crystals and sage brushing or saging and like using, you know, burning the sage or brushing, what do they call it? God bless. And like, you know, but then also adds in all the like fertility sacrifice things that you thought about, like when you read books, like of like those kind of like, uh, what's the word? Pagan religions. She's like a pagan witchy kind of crystal-y type person. Yeah. She became a single mother at 21. And her problem is, is that she's always picked great father figures for her kids, but her kid, but also not a great partner for her. So she's had a series of bad relationships and she's recently come off of a five-year relationship hiatus. That also is very interesting to me because I'm like, okay, so you keep, first of all, it's very very different for 90 day people to pick someone who's going to be a good figure for their child if they already have a child as opposed to someone they just want to bone like they always just want to bone someone and then like yeah that person will be a great step person for my child but actually she's like no i just kept picking those people and they also would be like okay but if you are in love with someone just watching that person raise your child like how are you not falling a little bit in love. Like, what are you, what are you looking for? Someone who's going to like be kind of like mean to your child or like not care about your child. Like I want a good father figure. Like I want an A, maybe like for myself, but also I would like to date a person that I feel like would be a good father figure. It makes me feel like they're secure and warm and considerate of other people's feelings and like worldly. Yeah. And that's what she did. She found exactly what you just said, but they turned out to not be good partners for her, which is very interesting. So in the Ifa tradition, she cannot wear black. She has an altar to her ancestors and when she seemingly burns Chinese currency in front of. 
She's got some Libra oil that was like made in a Libra <gasps> moon. You need some of that. Yeah, I do because I'm a Libra and I love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and you've been posting a lot of Libra memes on your IG. You've been, they've yeah. been so accurate. But I've had to like, and the ones that are like dumb accurate, they're like dating wise, I can't put up there because it speaks too much to it you. Speaks too much to me. Yeah, yeah, they're reading like, you. It's giving me too much. It's giving the people out there too much information about me. Mm-hmm. One thing we noticed about Danielle in this episode is that every picture of her that they've given to us throughout her lifetime is a different version of Danielle. This woman has changed looks. And it seemingly persona, just like every Madonna, five like Madonna. Years. Yeah, I mean, she was like wholesome and sweet with the slick back ponytail when she was twenty one, mm-hmm. and then when she was in school, she looked different, and mm-hmm. then when she was a teacher, she looked different. Very. And now she's like the hippiest, most dippiest version of herself with this curly hair, these loose white non black clothings, and you know, she's just ready to get her her life together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she goes you know, a traveling when her son's like old enough and she's like, I'm gonna live my life. And she like meets Johan, Johan, who again works at a hotel, which is, listen, this is a similar story. Like I, you know, I've said this before and I'll say it again. There is a cast of Commedia dell'arte characters that we get to pull from for these, all of these spinoffs, right? And Love and Paradise is everything is like happily ever after is like before the 90 days and never, you know, everything. So we have an aging, you know, woman who has like, you know, Seasoned. We like season, 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 seasoned is great. And we have someone who, let's just say, seasoned enough like to be somewhat past childbearing years. But this person is going to fall in love with a man who's younger. And let's just say this man is from, in this case, obviously Jamaica, right? No, Dominican Republic. Dominican Republic. But it also could be like Africa. It could also be any sort of like Arab man, you know, like we've seen it before, you know, that there's going to be a scene where she's going to have to either like reconcile that she can't have kids or, you know, whatnot. But at the same time also wants her younger lover to pay half of what she's paying for the relationship. Anyway, so in this situation, she meets him. She is like very into it. They have a connection. Well, you talk about the connection? It's an instant connection. Uh, so he is 6'7", and she is 4'11". And all I can think of is, it's always the ones who could date a guy who's 5'7", who gets the guy who's 6'7". Like, why is it that the shortest women get the tallest men? I hate it. I hate it. I truly, truly, I can't, I can't stand it. I'm too tall to like have to deal with what I have to deal with and how dare you take one from us. But God bless. I mean, listen, I have always dated short kings. I have never given a guy flack for being short because the truth is he can't help it. And, you know, I'm okay with it, but it would it feel nice to be with someone who's taller than me so that I feel small and feminine. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's just not my lot in life and that's fine and I'm okay with it. So she felt when she saw Johan walk through the lobby of the hotel she was staying at, she felt Mm -hmm. a spiritual connection and it was Uh so strong. Mm -hmm. And on her second trip, he proposed to her with the dinkiest, rinkiest little ring I've ever seen in my entire life. But that's all he had. And that's what he gave her. And she said, yes. So she's only known this man for five months. They've only been together for five months. And they've only spent two weeks Mm -hmm. in person. And in this episode, she's packing for a trip to go to the Dominican Republic. She's packing her crystal. She's packing her wedding dress. She's probably packing. She she has to get it altered there. You know, like, you know, it's like she doesn't even know if it's going to fit. You know, can you imagine? That gives me such anxiety. Having to go to a place that you're going to wear a dress and then have to get it altered at that place. Like, oh my God, if I had to go to like a gala or something and i had to like 
fly somewhere to New York and with a dress that didn't fit and then just like somehow get it done there. Oh my God. They, I mean, just out of sight. She's hoping mm-hmm. that she's making the right decision. This woman is on a hope and a prayer. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? We're halfway there. Living on a prayer right now. Yeah. Living on a prayer. Take my hand. You make it, I swear. Oh, living on a prayer. Whoa, 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 whoa. Johnny used to work on. It's a really good karaoke song. Like, I'll go right now. I mean, I really. Is it Johnny used to work on the dock? Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah, like. Something went on strike. Oh my God, it's so hot. Mon Jovi is sexy. Is Mon Jovi? Is, I think that the racist ones. Guns and Roses? No. Is Bon Jovi? Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know. Anyway, so as you were saying? So she is packing for the trip. <laughs> she's packing her wedding dress. She's packing most likely things for him, but she's taking a lot of items. So I don't know how long she's staying, but she's taking more than just bikinis, okay? She knows all, also that she's on a show is what's happening. So she's packing for every scene that she has to film with the camera crew. Mm-hmm. So she is going to tell her friends about her wedding plan. Mm-hmm. She's leaving in three days. Her friends don't know. And this episode, she's going to tell them. So she gets to the friend's house. They're all sitting around. And she tries to ask the pregnant one, so how are you doing? And the pregnant one is like, I'm fine, I'm fine, but how are you doing? Are you these, these cameras? Nothing. These cameras are here for you, sis. So mm-hmm. I need you to let us know exactly why we're here. I'm fine. I'm pregnant. And I'll let you know when the baby's born. Well, I, I do have some sort of news. Okay. <laughs> it's that I'm moving right now to the DR and like getting married. And the friend is like, this friend who is not pregnant and is wearing a bright blue shirt and some red hoops is like, starts to scratch her neck as soon as Danielle says that she met a man. I mean, this woman is like, okay, you met a man and what has got happening from this situation? She's like, I met a man and, you know, I'm thinking of going to the DR. I'm going to the DR in three days and possibly marrying him this weekend. The friend's like, no, you're not marrying him this weekend. She's like, no, not this weekend, the next. Cut to the friend being like, look, honey, last week she was like, I want to get a dog. And I told her right to her face, she shouldn't get a dog. She can't deal with a dog. She's traveling all the time and I hate her. She's bad. Yeah. And so the friend is like, we created a a pros and con chart to get her to understand why she did not need a puppy because she's always on the move. And so for her to say now in this moment that the reason why she's rushing to get married to Johan is because Johan wants a child. And so the friends are trying to figure out why she actually needs to be married in order for that to happen. They're like, fine, have the baby, have the baby but do you have to marry a foreigner? And she's like, this is my opportunity to have a normal life. So at 42, she has felt some type of way about all of the relationships she's had and how they haven't been ideal for her. And she would like an ideal fairy tale situation. So her responses to then get a young man from the DR who definitely wants kids and marry him as in five after five months of knowing him so that they can start having a baby. This woman also again has a history of what she said is been dating the best of the best, every father figure possible, guys that want to love on the child that she has brought onto this world that is not theirs. And she's like, nah, none of them. Who I really want to have a kid with is some guy I just met five weeks ago. And I have like not nary like 
you know, one month left on fertility. So let's just, what is happening? And those friends are like, again, we never trusted you. We don't trust you with a dog. We definitely don't trust you to make a decision as an adult. We know that kind of, that kind of friend. Yeah. But then she goes, exhibit A, this is what it looks like. Yeah. That is what I, after they go through all that with her, she actually, they're like, okay, let's see the photo of him. Mm -hmm. And then they show the photo. She shows the photo of him and they're like, oh, okay. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then she explains to us in a confessional that he has uh, a penis the size of her arm and uh, that she's, you know, needed to take uh, recovery periods after having sex with him in his baby arm. And so the girls squeal and giggle with that dick, you know, dick, dick information, you know what I'm saying? Like they can't get enough of it, you know, and I get dick it. Formation. Dick formation. Like, and I think that that at the end of the day is what bonds women together in girl talk. I feel like we think of men talking about, titties and boobies and butts and you know like i don't think men talk about like ladies like private parts like badges like in locker rooms like what a weird thing to talk about but i mean definitely women talk about men's peenies all the time peenies yeah 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 yeah. like unless a you know a, you know i don't think that guys are like the guys talk about women's body parts that are actually way more less x-rated than like what women's do you know yeah. they're just more crass about it she says that he treats her like the goddess that, that she is. is during sex. And all I can say is... He just picks her up. She picks her up. He picks her up and spins her around. She's at least the ultimate spinner for him. I mean, she just jumps on and spins around. That must be so nice. She has a great butt. And he gets to pick her up and like, you know, I'll never be 4'11". And if you are a small woman, I really... And you ever felt any way about it, I'm telling you right now, you win. Because like, at the end of the day, it's what anyone wants. Yeah. Except, I guess, if you are Activo. Anyway, we'll talk about it. <laughs> okay, so then she tells them that right after they met and she came home, this man got a tattoo of a dollar sign on his body. And she got very anxious and was like, wait, why did you get a, a dollar sign tattoo? Because that's not even your currency. So why would you do that? Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, he didn't say anything. And she just felt like the reason why he did that was because he had hit the jackpot when he got with her. He's in the money. He's in the money. Here's the thing. I wonder if she is like the richest woman that he's been with around that hotel, because it makes it seem like, honey, that he has his pick of every German French lady that, you know, whatever lady, like, you know, he has a lot of ladies that come to that hotel, you know? And I think that as a yogi and as a crystal lady, like how much money is we talking about here? How much? I don't know why I'm touching my hair so much. It's because it's going through like a hair journey anyway. God bless. So I think that, at the end of the day, her friends are like, we're not going to be able to talk this crazy woman into any sort of like reason or sense. We know her. She's dyed her hair blonde, but it's like kind of grown out. So right now it's like gray and white and blonde. There's some black in it. You know, like it's a smorgasbord. You can't like put this woman in a box. You can't unless, you know, hopefully it's like a, she actually you probably could put this woman in a box. She's tiny. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm like the friends are just she tells her friends that she got so upset about that tattoo that uh, she told him to get it covered. And he got he went and got it covered. He spent the money that he you know doesn't have to get that tattoo covered. And uh, she knows that it feels rushed and fast, but she's going to have to prey on it. And in the past, she has been operating from a place of fear. And at this point, she doesn't want to operate from a place of fear. She is time to operate on faith. faith. 
that part sounded like an Instagram quote, honey, that she had like bookmarked, you know, in her feed, you know, and at the same time, it feels kind of like there is this, this is where I'll get deep and sweet. It does feel like we hear a lot of mixed messages. If you're on some sort of journey, let's just say love journey and I am or whatever. And like, you know, there's so many things where you have to like go out there and put your energy out there and secret it and want it and put yourself in great spaces. And are you on dating apps and all of that? And there's this whole other thing that like love just comes to you when you know it's right. It's right. It's really easy. What comes to you will always be yours. You can't get it away. You know, like what's not supposed to be yours. And you're just supposed to be kind of in this loving, warm energy and waiting as things just magnetize to you, just like moth to a flame. Burned by the fire. Love is blind. And I'm very desiring of love, you know? So you can see my desire. And that is the way the love, I guess, goes for other people, not me. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? So she's not alone in, I think, spouting the hopes and dreams and I guess also like theologies of Instagram psychiatrists that we all see and then are all like, well, maybe that's maybe that's the one tenement I haven't really gleamed on and like mantra into my life that is like oh, going to open something for me. And I, with everyone that's looking for love, and me, and you, and if you are, you know, even if it's even if you have romantic love, if you're looking for any other kind of love, we all want it. So, yeah. Now, whether it's a deep spiritual connection that that you know baby arm dick that she, he gives her is actually it, you know, maybe not, girl. But let's like fantasize about you know, what we can. Yeah. So we're going to move on to our next couple. We get introduced to Carlos, who was 28 years old mm. and Valentine, whose name and age I did not write down. Mm-hmm. Valentine, they always give us a good capital L with the spelling of his name. And mm-hmm. I don't quite know why, mm-hmm. but that's his last name. And his first name is like DJ or something. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That is interesting. Yeah. It's like, it's, it is, but yeah, it's like Valentino, like, you know, Val in time, like Val in time, like, you know, it is somewhat confusing. Like, why that is the case. Carlos has a handlebar mustache. I mean, like you've never seen. It's like a little bit like, what, where's Waldo has a mustache, right? I didn't pick that up. Does any of a handlebar? I don't know. His his mustache just like goes up in here. You just see him like at the tips, twinkling around like, honey's going to put a damsel in a train track and like tire there, honey. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like those are there. But he, it's a different vibe with him. He also has like hair that is like, like if the Kardashians and Fabio were together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still in the closet, which is quite unfortunate for him and his circumstances. I also can't believe it. Sometimes I'm like, you're telling me that that mom doesn't look at you in that body and that hair and those mustaches. And he's like, I know. Yeah. Yo Sabo. Mm -hmm. Valentine is an HR manager from NYC, currently living in Los Angeles. And he has the best New York accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's subtle. You hear it all the time, but it's a subtle situation. You know, like it isn't so much like if we're jumping between series, 90 day fiance season nine, John of Patrick and Ty. So, you know, some, some accents accost you Mm -hmm. violently in the streets and some accents are like, (laughs) Hey you. And they give a wink at the end of every sentence. And that's Valentine Val. Yeah. So Val and Tyne met, Carlos online and he said, Ooh, you sexy. And they've been dating for a year and a half. They haven't been able to see each other because of the pandemic. And Valentine is excited to see his boo. So before he goes to Colombia, he has to tell his friends 
that he's going and uh, where he tells his friends is the studio, the, the music recording studio. Yeah. And uh, he, he plays his song for them. And then the song is, we see, we get footage of this man in a booth hollering into a mic. Here's my impression. We'll all, we'll all do a round. Don't even worry about it. Okay. We have time for this. She looking real sleek, right down to her ass cheeks. She brings the passion, cause I deserve satisfaction. It's hard. It's hard to get the last bit in, right? Go yeah, ahead. That's Go a ahead. great version of it. Okay. And so then he sits his friends down and tells them that he's planning on going to Colombia, and if everything works out proposing to Carlos and the one friend finds this to be absolutely preposterous Mm -hmm. and feels like you've only known this person for a year and a half and Mm -hmm. you've never met them in person and you're going to go over there and be engaged. But what about your polyamory? And he's like, well, Carlos is not with the polyamory. I am. I think that, you know, I can love more than one person at the same time. And because we are both tops, it would be hoove us to have a third that is a bottom that we could both ram at any time i mean that, that's literally what i'm thinking if you if if he thinks about bringing in a bottom to their relationship this bottom is just going to have their bussy attacked that bottom will be a bowling ball <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that bottom honey, that bottom is i mean you know three you know i mean you know when you bowl what happens with that ball honey it's filled i mean that bottom is gonna have mad baby arm attacking that bottom is like the third wheel but like instead of it being a bad thing it ends up being like a fourth wheel i mean that bottom is a show pony oh you're gonna ride that bottom honey like a rodeo i mean both guys are like we'll hog tie them like jump on them i mean i do feel bad for that bottom but at the same time if that bottom's anything like daniela i'm that that bottom will be fine i mean that that bussy is going to be loose. Now, I'm going to tell you right now why well, I didn't quite know what a bottom was. And she was like a little bit like, why does that need to happen? Am I calling you out? I know what a bottom is. Okay. But what, I were, guess what was I your just, question? What I, was your question? I know Mom? what a bottom is. Yeah. I just think, like, why can't... I don't understand not wanting to be penetrated. And yeah, because, because you're I'm a bottom. Wanted. Because yeah. you're a bottom. <laughs> That's what I said. She, yeah. She, yes. So I, so in my mind, I'm like, if there is a prostate gland in the man's body and every man has it and you are like, no, I don't want that tickled. I'm like, I don't understand why you wouldn't want a thing of it. But then Chris explained to me that you can get the prostate tickled without a penis actually going in your butt. Oh yeah. And then I said, you know what the truth is, is I don't want a penis in my butt. I mean, right now at this current moment, I, not that I don't want one. I've ever had one. And I'm just like, maybe I don't don't need to try one. Go bless, go bless, go though, and everyone their own. And you know, and also I'm not alone. I guess who doesn't also want one with their butt? Carlos and Valentine. They're activos. Activos. You know, I'm whatever. But we're gonna, yeah. So, by the way, the entire episode is called Two Bottoms Don't Make a Right." Right? <laughs> I don't know what it's called. We'll have to look at two that. tops don't make a bottom or something. It's called something <laughs> like that. You know, I don't know what it's called, but oh. I was, yeah, we I were talking about it with Maddie and Jake that they, the fact that they could even call that episode that makes me happy of like how diverse 90 day has become, yeah. you know, but yeah. it's still been very short. The, the spectrum of diversity of 90 day fiance couples is very, very thin. I mean, they, we've had like one gay male couple and we've had like only one 
pure person of color couple. Couple. A lot of obviously interracial couples and a lot of white people. You know, whatever. Yeah. It is. Well, uh, you know what it is is that what? Love in Paradise has broken the mold. They did it like right in this episode. We have same race people like black people, which is Shida and Bilal. But before last season, season one of Love in Paradise, there was Martine and Steven. And they, to me, were the first black and black couple to be on this show and dark skinned. Like they push boundaries, I think, with Love in Paradise in a way that they wouldn't do with the regular 90 day. And I think they're doing that the same thing with Valentine and Carlos because the way they are talking about activos and passivos and tops and bottom is like beyond what Kenneth and uh, what's this Armando we're talking about. Kenneth and Armando are like Disney. They had to be the perfect gay couple. Kenneth had to be a successful man that already raised four kids on his own, three of them triplets. Like Kenneth is like a shining example of a gay single father who raised four children on his own. Absolutely. Not. Armando is a perfect version of a man who ha- who was married. The person died tragically and he is just loving and taking care of the cutest daughter and is super close to his family, has his own business. Like they are perfect model gay men mm-hmm. and then you've got valentine and carlos you've got a closeted man who is like anxious to the ninth degree and you've got a wild kind of like she's I looking wanna... real sweet yeah <laughs> so... i'm an ashamed attendee i want to dance on the stage and like you have that guy it's like a completely different like version of you know a a typical gay uh, homosexual relationship and so it's really interesting from that perspective so what we have is carlos talks to his friends Mm -hmm. about his worries with valentine so Mm -hmm. we've heard from valentine's friends they think it's crazy that he's going to go there carlos has a conversation and he's just like it's not going to work he's he's another gay friend who is like clearly femme and might not be out but it's clearly femme his cousin not not his cousin jason or whatever his name is right his okay. cousin's out. Yeah. Okay. Not, because- not the cousin, the friend from episode one. Mm-hmm. So he's on a beach side. He's having a conversation with three people besides himself. And one of the friends is like, well, the one with the biggest butt has to bend. Because otherwise this relationship is not going to work if you guys are both tops. That's his cousin. Yeah. He was in the first episode. Yeah. He does say that. And he's right. He's absolutely right. It's, yeah. He's there. It's, uh, I think, a great, listen, that's God's way of pulling straws the big the biggest butt wins okay because like you know like pulling straws like with the shortest straw wins you know mm-hmm. but like yeah. yeah i see you thank you so carlos and his, his friends talk about how valentine is into polyamory and the friends are against polyamory yeah um, they carlos says no if you would like to have somebody else be in our relationship then i'm just not going to be i'm going to exit stage left yeah and valentine is basically like no don't you hear when i said we both like to do this one thing where we both don't, but we need some someone else to kind of do the other thing and no one wants to do the other thing. So I don't understand why we can't, listen, you know, those Chinese finger traps, you know, that like you would get when you went to an arcade, all Valentine wants is like a gentleman that wouldn't mind being like one of those Chinese finger, finger things. But also he wants to really live in a house and be in a full relationship. He Valentine in his mind wants to love everyone, have everyone in the house, love everyone, you know, but that he knows that Carlos isn't into like the emotional thing. So at the end of the day, I think that he's kind of at least hoping that Carlos would be like, Oh, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do the thing where we 
do that penetrating thing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So they figure it out and, or, you know, sorry, not they figure it out. So yeah. <laughs> they don't uh, because we're in, we're in episode one. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and then, and then that was the end of the, the season for them. They, they, got, they got married. They figured it out. Yeah. So next couple. They... <laughs> right. So the next couple that we're going to talk about is Ariana and Sherlyn or Sherlon, as she calls him. Yeah. And so Sherlon is like a 40-something-year-old no, Jamaican man who works at a resort, and Ariana is a 20-something-year-old mother of a 10-year-old baby named Odin. And last season, uh, we see how their relationship unfolds. So really, the only thing that we got from Ariana in this episode is that her baby Odin is funny, smart, and has so much personality. And I'm just like, girl, every mother thinks that her child is funny and smart and has so much personality. I know. Like, we just get a little overview of their relationship from last season. So if you guys didn't watch last season, Ariana goes to Jamaica on a vacation with her friends and one of her sisters. And she gets a little cozy with Sherlyn. She allows him to bust in her gut while she's fertile. <laughs> and she gets pregnant. And she goes home. And when she's six months pregnant, she comes back to Jamaica with her mother and her sister so that they could all confront Sherlyn and figure out what type of father he's going to be. She would like to go through the K-1 visa process. And Sherlyn, being the upright citizen that he is, <laughs> and Sherlyn, being the honorable man that I think he is, to a certain extent, says, no, I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm not moving to the U.S., with you. I'm not going to do the K-1 visa. I don't want to be forced into marriage. I, you are a booty call. I fuck a lot of women on this He short. said that? Basically. He doesn't say those words. I'm sorry. He doesn't oh. say those words. But he does say that he doesn't want to be forced into marriage and that he would go to the U.S. on a tourist visa only. He denies the K-1 visa. He's like, I don't want this life. Be and it's because she was like a girl he effed on the beach and she was supposed to be on birth control. Like she, he's like, you know how many women I've had sex with? And if they did get pregnant, they didn't tell me. And that's what she should have done. But now you want to tell me. And that's fine. Thank you for letting me know. However, we're not getting married. I'm not giving up my life. I have my father here who I have a boating company with. And things have been really hard. And I'm not going to leave everything that I know to go to U.S. with a stranger. And so she was very upset. You know, she was like, I need you to come and help me with this baby. Like we did this together. And he was like, no, but uh, does, he, like, does he offer to send her money or like that? Like, you know, is she going to like, is she like, okay, then I'll see you for child support. It's like, okay, great. No. Yeah. I mean, like uh, no face, no case. You know what I'm saying? Like, how is he going to, how is she going to sue him for child support? Like what he would have his to face sign, is on that baby. He would have to sign the birth certificate for that to happen. This is like DNA internet. test. You, you think that the U S courts are going to help an American woman go after a foreigner to pay child support. God, I'm so happy I've never had to really think about it. Well, okay. So anyways, yeah. So anyways, that's what goes on. And so she leaves Jamaica upset, but they have conversations. He doesn't want her to be mad. He just wants her to understand that the riding off in the sunset and him moving to the U.S. is not going to happen. Mm -mm. It's not going to happen. Mm -mm. So we're going to have to learn. We're going to have to co-parent. And in his mind, I truly believe that he feels like it's up to Ariana to bring Odin to him yearly in order to mm -hmm. make this happen and that's that is impossible so at this point ariana just me needs to make the choices on her own of what she's going to do and so this season we're going to see her you know 
try to get clarity from Sherlyn about how he feels about her specifically and how they're going to move forward with taking care of the baby. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else to say about them? Her eye, her eyelash is always that big? Yeah. Okay. She's also someone who looks different all the time. All yeah. her pictures looks different. You know? Yeah. And her mom is interesting. Mm-hmm. So the next couple that we get introduced to this is Frankie, who is 45 years old, 40 fine, if you ask him, mm-hmm. truthfully. And he is with Gabby and Abby. So Gabby and Abby are two bisexual women who live in Mexico. And Frankie went to Puerto Vallarta with one of his homeboys. And that friend or cousin, I'm not sure who it is, in, friend's friend introduced Gabby and Abby to him and Frankie. And Gabby and Abby immediately zone in on him because they are... Two bisexual women, grifters, love to just have sex with men, provide a fantasy, and then go about their business. You know what I'm saying? They're very much into that. And so Frankie was their person. They got along really well with Frankie. They ended up spending the night with him. And in the morning, they joined him in the shower. And he was like, oh, I'm in the phase of my life where I'm, I'm being introduced into threesomes. All right. He tells a story, and when he says, and in the morning, he pauses. And I was like, you woke up in an ice bath hunting with, like, scars lower where your liver was. I mean, you know, like, straight up, like, that's, I mean, and your wallet's gone. But, you know, he, honey, he woke up, took a shower, and had the time of his life with these, like, two hot baddies, you know? And so, but, yeah, it's like, I, I mean, I, I don't know how the day went. I don't know if he is just showing these ladies a good time and they are drunk and having fun. Or if they were like, once they saw Frankie, they were like, he is 40 fine, honey. I'm going to, you know, jump in, jump in. Yeah. You know. Frankie is somebody who had self-esteem issues when he was younger Mm -hmm. uh, because he was always a bigger guy. But then he discovered. Uh Uh-huh. What? The magic of dance. Yeah. Then what? Did he start training? And did he like start uh, like going to like um, a break dancing group? No. Wall? What no, happened? No. He just danced at parties. Did he go to Juilliard? Wall? He just he just danced at, at was he did some music videos? Wall? And he impressed women, and that's how he got his confidence because he knew he could dance. And so he every once in a while would just like do the caterpillar and the snake and like. We'll like do a thing and we're we're like happy for you. I mean, listen, if that's all it took yeah. to get confidence, good for him. Because it it takes more than that for me to feel confident. Because you can dance. I mean, yeah, but I, I, I want you to know something. What? If you are ever feeling insecure about anything, I want you to know you can dance. Okay. You can dance. Yeah. So um, you can dance if you want to. Hey. You can leave your cares behind. Like hey. your insecurities mm-hmm. were going up because, like, you know, you felt like awkward or whatever. Yeah. And so he was married for 15 years at some point. And he felt, you know, really yeah. sad about the breakup. And oh, yeah. that's when he went and partied with Gabby and Abby. Yeah, Gabby, Abby. Gabby, Abby. Mm-hmm. Abby and Gabby. Gabby and Abby. So this next thing we have is that Frankie invites his nephew and his Ugh. brother. Mm. 
over. And the brother's name is Marcus. We don't know the nephew's name. And uh, I do. Chris, my first husband. I don't Chris know. Chris finds that man to be that, fine. There was something so cute about him. I think that like his face was classically handsome. And he was like, he was kind of like, he was like, okay, okay. Like they were kind of like, he, they, this man never cooks for us. Like they've never cooked for us. Like he'll tell you what he does. He loves to put things back, honey, in that mouth. But he does not like to cook for us. And so the fact that we're here, the fact that they're talking to us, like means something is afoot. But, you know, they also... I like want the best for him, like but, you know. Anyway, yeah, that that nephew just has like an interesting hairline, but I don't mind about that. Like a classically handsome face, wasn't he so cute? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so he's making spaghetti for them, and he tells them about his exotic time. Okay, so here is the word. There's a word called erotic, right? And there's a word called ex- exotic. I know exotic. I know, I know. And there's a word called exotic. Now, I know that exotic dancers are supposed to be a thing. That's the only idea of like what exotic means. But unfortunately, exotic also just means foreign and or like different from what you know, right? What is, what is, what are you looking at? I'm I'm not looking at that at all. Okay. Don't worry about it. I'm going to find out what. You thought I was looking at what exotic meant? Yep. And then you were not. Why not? You were just, just originating. Okay. This is what exotic means originating in or characteristic of a distant foreign country. So why is sexual stuff considered exotic? Is this just like from like weird puritanical American stuff where we're like, those Europeans have sex, but as Americans, we, you know, like we don't understand how babies are made. You know, like, what do you mean? Like, that's not exotic. Exotic dancing is not exotic. I think that he was just trying to use a word to describe it without saying threesome over and over again. Maybe the producers were like, oh, you have to, you can't just say threesome over and over again. Menage a trois. Yeah, maybe they were. three-way. They weren't allowed to say that anymore. Love so, love triangle. The friends, the the, fa- the brother and the, the nephew think it's crazy that this is happening because he does tell them that he's, he tells them what exactly is going on and what exactly is going on <laughs> yeah is that he's had a threesome with them mm-hmm. but he kept in contact with them with abby at, no he kept in contact with them but gabby doesn't speak english and abby does and so because their conversations are so much with Abby and Frankie talking and that Gabby has been kind of pushed to the side. And Abby is, at least Frankie, from Frankie's perspective, is that Abby is planning on leaving Gabby for Frankie. And the purpose of him going to this trip is to be supportive when they tell Gabby that they're riding off in the sunset and leaving her behind. And the truth is, and this Chris brought up this point, is that it's not going to be them telling Gabby. It's going to be Abby. Abby. Who has been in a relationship with Gabby for 10 years. And Gabby knows Frankie for like one night, two weeks ago, or like five months ago. Whatever. She doesn't even talk to him. Straight up in this situation, it's just a thing where also I think that Gabby enjoys her painting hippie life of like living with Abby and like getting to do like their like lifestyle and is a little more activo and you know Gabby's a little more or Abby's a little more passivo and here we are yeah so that's all that we have for this episode I I I just think that what Frankie is planning is crazy and so does his family his family's like so wait a minute these two chicks have been together for 10 plus years And you guys have been talking for the past five months, you and Abby, and you all now are going to tell Gabby 
that she is no longer a part of the threesome and that you two are just going to like live together in the U.S., how is Gabby going to feel? And Frankie says, I don't know how Gabby's going to feel, but I think it's my time to like be happy. And so this is the first time someone is like telling Frankie, what you're doing sounds really messed up. How do you think that's going to go down? And he's like, um, you know, cause I think at this point it's all been like, a, like, yeah, I'm just going to take this woman's woman from her. I'm just going to like, he just seems also kind of like, well, you know, we fell in love. And also I do think that he also thinks that it's not going to be that hard for him because he literally just gets to sit there and listen to two women argue in Spanish. Yeah. And then hopefully drive one of them home to the hotel and then to the airport and take her back to America. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of different crazy situations where people have a story and narrative in their mind of how things are going to go down, which, again, when we're talking about Instagram quotables, there was something else that happened on Instagram where someone was like, oh, I have relationships and I play and I write a script in my head for it. And when the other person like veers off script is where I'm like, what? No. You know, and I think that to an extent we all do that and definitely in this situation like people can't possibly be in the mind of their loved one in order to like understand how they view each other it's we also like i read something else where it's like we all have the idea we have of ourselves and then everyone else we ever meet smile at has a whole different idea of who you are you'll never know your idea of me i will never understand it and my and you, who you are to me you'll never know like you you'll never understand like the person that you are in my mind, you know? Yeah. It's so interesting. And so like to even build any sort of relationship to have a connection at all is like, how does anything happen in this world? But I think one, one good way is what Danielle has found. I mean, mm-hmm. Danielle is, she is de- uh, delusional. She, I, I don't like it when a seasoned woman <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. chooses to marry un bebe. I mean, and the truth is, like, he's not even a bebe. He's no, he's not. not. That, like, they're within a fine age <laughs> range. But I'm sick of the, like, older woman who wants to be with a younger man who wants kids trope. Mm-hmm. Like, if this man told you that he wants kids, girl, you cannot give him kids. Mm-hmm. And you need to be very specific and explicit about that to understand whether or not someone is using you for an opportunity to make more money. And I think we're going to get more when we when we see the next time on it. We we start to see that there is some kind of frustration on Daniela's part or Danielle's part about whether or not Johan can play for certain things. Yeah, I think that I'm excited to see some of the couples that are going to be introduced uh, that we haven't know yet. So there are people that were on season one as a couple that we do not know yet in season two, episode one. So we have more couples to be introduced to as the season goes along, as well as, of course, all the crazy characters and stuff in between and their nephews and their like children, who knows. What a life. Yeah. What a world and what a life. And I will just say this, at the end of the day, if you want to go to a swingers resort, which is where Sherlock works. And where I want to go. That's just a Google search away. Look up hedonism. I've never been there, but you know, it's interesting. Anyway, 
I'm really excited. This was a really good episode. I think that some fun things that we also see is a, besides a somewhat looseness to the strict, I think, moral guidelines that TLC has. Some of the, it's a little looser in that, but also a lot of butts. I mean, we can talk about it. This entire show could be called B-roll of butts. Yeah. B-roll butts. Yeah. Butts B-roll, honey. Everywhere you go, it's a butt. It's a tan booty. It's round. And it's in a like neon colored string bikini and it looks good yeah all right you guys so that is the end of this episode and so we thank you so much for joining us and we hope that you will listen to the next few episodes that we have available again my name is wa my name is chris and we are docu sweeties Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay on the docket we have season two Love in Paradise, we have episode two, three, four, as we go on in the season. And we'll also be having some other things drop as you will. So if you have any comments, concerns, you're always welcome to email us at docusweeties at gmail.com. Please also follow our Instagram, docusweeties. Please comment if you don't mind on anything by giving us the advice of what you'd like to watch and what you need a little breakdown of and maybe some thoughts you had about anything we talked about here. We'd love to hear them. Having said all of that, we're really appreciative. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Don't forget to give us thumbs up or leave a review in because it really helps our podcast get out there. So we totally appreciate it on whatever platform that you are listening to this podcast on. Like Chris said, follow us on all of our social media. That's Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. We've got it all there. So we want to thank you so much for joining us mm-hmm. and we'll see you next episode. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.